I'm joined now by Matt Mayoko. Matt has been covering the 49ers since 1995, and he knows this team as well as just about anybody. Matt, thanks so much for joining us. You also co-wrote a book with Roger Craig called Tales from the Sideline. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. So Roger and I worked very closely on that book and, you know, he shared a lot of his thoughts about uh, not only himself, you know, his role in, in the 49ers dynasty um, in, from the eighties, you know, forward. And also uh, Bill Walsh was still around. And so he was the, the person who was kind enough to write the foreword for the book. So uh, it, it was, it was a very you know deep dive into, into Roger and, and what made him as successful of an NFL player and as successful as a person can be in his post football career as Roger Craig is and has been. Yeah, and he definitely was, especially during his playing career. What a transformational player. Now, before we get into that, I wonder if you would explain to us the where he's at as far as the Hall of So he's not part of the modern era candidacy. He's now in the senior uh, division. Can you explain what that means and how that impacts his chances moving forward? Yes, absolutely. So it, with the Pro Football Hall of Fame, only five modern era candidates can be selected. A maximum of five can be selected every year. And so there is a tremendous backlog of deser deserving senior candidates. And I mean, that's that's something that we talk about on the selection committee all the time. Mm -hmm. So as of, and I forget exactly the year, but let's just say five years ago, Roger Craig went from being a modern era finalist or a modern era candidate. And then after 25 years, he, be, he drops into the seniors pool. And so the, there was a very significant change made in the process now by which senior candidates are elected in the sense that previously, it was a maximum of one senior candidate per year could go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Wow. But the new president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Jim Porter, he pulled the, the voters and you know we had some long discussions and everybody came to the consensus that there's just no way we can do this justice. There's just so many deserving senior candidates that fall into, you know, the term is the abyss of the seniors pool. So a very significant thing happened, I think, toward Roger Craig's candidacy and the prospects of him eventually getting to the Hall of Fame is that now that there are three seniors candidates in the Hall of Fame or can go into the Hall of Fame every year. And so the three seniors candidates for the class of 2023 are Joe Klecko, Chuck Howley and Ken Riley, all deserving candidates. No question about it. But where a little bit of my disappointment comes is that in this committee, there was a blue ribbon panel committee that was formed for the uh, one uh, was it the 50th anniversary. Um, I'm sorry, the 100th anniversary of the NFL. Right. So they decided to put in a, a, a larger class that kind of mirrored the very first class of the Hall of Fame. And so in that committee that this wasn't anybody on our um on the pro football hall of fame committee um the regular committee it was a blue ribbon panel and they came up with 20 candidates for the seniors to go in 
but it was 20 candidates for 10 spots. And so 10 went in immediately. Roger was one of those, those 20 candidates. Mm -hmm. He was not one of the 10 elected, which I took as, okay, not the perfect scenario, but at least now we know, theoretically speaking, that he's going to be one of the next 10 seniors to go in. However, since then, there was one, one who went in the next year, and that was uh, Drew Pearson, and another one who went in the next, the following year, Cliff Branch. But then of the three seniors that I just mentioned, Klecko, Howley, and Riley, none of them were on that initial 20-person senior nominee list of the Blue Ribbon panel. So that kind of leaves me a, a little bit disappointed, mm -hmm. if not if not a lot disappointed, that we didn't just pick through that list of all the remaining you know, finalists for the Seniors Blue Ribbon Committee that didn't get into the Hall of Fame. So again, it, it's such a difficult thing, Mark, because all these seniors who go in, they're deserving. There's yeah. no question about it. And that's just the, the same way I feel about Roger Craig is, He's deserving, no doubt about it. And I have always felt, and I don't, you know, I mean, maybe my optimism is 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 tempered a little bit here, but I still think it, it's a matter of not if, but when. But I think we can all agree, you know, uh, everyone who's been around the 49ers and who watched Roger Craig play, uh, it sure would be nice to get him in a lot sooner than later. Yeah, he he definitely deserves it. Now, you mentioned Drew Pearson, and I, I don't want to pick on him, but there have been some some players that have been inducted into the Hall of Fame who campaigned a little bit or made some noise or what have you. Roger Craig is not one to ever do anything like that. Would you're a Hall of Fame voter, would that have any influence on you whatsoever? I mean, frankly, it would probably turn me off if anything. I mean, I would certainly, I mean, I, we're all human. I mean, I would try to not make it influence me whatsoever. Um, I think a, a person's credentials speak for themselves. You don't need the person patting himself on the back to let you know how good he is. I think, um, you know, we all have an idea. We all know what we value from a football player. We also all talk to people who were on the scene back in those days, um, you know, as a voter for me, I mean, quite frankly, when it gets to me, because I'm not on the seniors committee, basically the seniors committee nominates the finalists and then my vote is just up or down. Mm -hmm. And so I'm never, I mean, unless something extraordinary happened, I, I would never envision myself ever voting that down on a seniors candidate because it's not like that opens a spot for somebody else. You know, by that point, when the seniors committee forwards in this year's case, the name of three seniors finalists by voting down on either Klecko, Howley or Riley does no good for Roger Craig. Mm -hmm. In fact, it, it hurts him mm -hmm. because that just means there's one more candidate still out there among the seniors. So um, I, I mean, I, I appreciate and I respect Roger's professionalism and just the class with which he's handled this. Um, you know, he, he's got to be extremely disappointed, as are you know many of his teammates and and people who know him, and and certainly the fan base of the 49ers who followed his career and know just how you know transformative 
he was as a player. Yeah. Do you have any, any, in your opinion, um, because there's just no way to know this. Do you have any idea why it's taken so long? This, this is a player who changed football. I mean, what we see, with Christian McCaffrey right now. And we saw with Marshall Falk and we've seen with other players like that, Ladanian Tomlinson, these kinds of players, it started with Roger Craig. It started with Marcus Allen, those kinds of guys. Walter Payton was a little bit of that, but none quite like Roger Craig back in that time. So why, why would a player that changed the NFL so drastically uh, not, uh, not be in after all of these years? I blame pro football reference. <laughs> now, I, and, and I, I, I say that facetiously, but also I think there might be something to this. You know, pro football reference is just a phenomenal tool for anybody as far as uh, being able to look up stats very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, honestly, on a, on a single day when I'm working and I'm, you know, whether it's free agency or during the season, I might be, on pro football reference, looking up a certain player, uh, you know, I might be on that, on that site 50 times in the course of the day. <laughs> I'm on and there so, every week too. <laughs> yeah. And, and so with Roger Craig, you know, you click on Roger Craig's profile and, and what do you see? You see four pro bowls, you see three Super Bowl champs, but then when you scroll down to the bottom, you, you see, you know, the rankings mm-hmm. and, you know, he is, he's 46th in NFL history in rushing. He's 114th in receptions. And I believe he's sixth among running backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's 47th in yards from scrimmage. And so I think if you don't scratch, if you just scratch the surface, those are the numbers you see. And therefore you could easily go, well, that's not all, all that impressive. But I think what you're alluding to, Mark, are, are the other things. You know, it, it's how he changed the game. And, and by the way, you know, the, the five running backs who have more receptions than him, Larry Sinners, Marshall Falk, LaDainian Tomlinson, Marcus Allen, Tiki Barber. And so I guess all but Marcus Allen were um, after Roger. Mm-hmm. And I could make a case, as could you, I'm sure, that those numbers from those other running backs wouldn't be as great as as Rogers if it weren't for Roger, meaning that Roger changed the game mm-hmm. and he changed the game in conjunction with Bill Walsh. You know, I guess Bill Walsh changed the game. He did it right. because of Roger Craig. And let me just, you know, I, I go back to when I wrote. Uh, the, the book with Roger Craig, I did talk to Bill Walsh a lot. And one of the things he told me was that, you know, he was such an outside the box thinker and so innovative, creative, all that. The one thing he told me was that he could not take the 49ers offense to the place where he envisioned it going until they got Roger Craig, mm-hmm. not only until they got Roger Craig, but until they saw him in training camp on the practice field and then in the games run routes out of the backfield and catch passes. (laughs) And I mean, let's just think about the modern era, San Francisco 49ers. The one thing that Kyle Shanahan wanted above 
anything his second year with the team was to get a running back yeah. who could stress a defense, run routes out of the backfield, catch the ball in space, make people miss, make big plays, keep the chains moving on third and six by you know, catching a pass for eight yards. Of course, also wants, wanted a running back who could run the football. Mm-hmm. So what did he do? He went out and he got Jarek McKinnon, and that was his answer. Jarek McKinnon, as long as he was with the 49ers, was injured. We never saw what he could do on the field in recent seasons. We've seen what he can do on the field with the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's pretty good. <laughs> but it wasn't until you know the middle of the 2022 season where Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, they they swung big and they connected with Christian McCaffrey. And that's, I mean, think about that, Mark. I mean, we're in the year 2022. Roger Craig was, you know, almost 40 years ago. If that's not a man before his time mm-hmm. about <laughs> Roger Craig, then tell me what is. Yeah. Yeah. And you think about the 49ers offenses when they've been at their best, they had Roger Craig. They in 94 had Ricky waters where Mike Shanahan was using him out of the backfield a lot. And then now, uh, Kyle with, with Christian McCaffrey. So just if I could just interject one more thing, uh, this is what, what Bill Walsh told me um, in in relation to Roger Craig and, and kind of on the subject of those numbers I cited and where Roger ranks and the all time list. He said, in any other offense, Roger would have easily gained a lot more yards, but we combined rushing and, pa- and pass receiving. We looked at total yards, not just yards from our backs. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think he was fully aware of, you know, Roger was you know, never leading rusher. Of course, he had that 1,000-1,000 that, uh, you know, season. But if they had fed the ball to him more, you know, if they had done certain things, maybe more in lines with a traditional running back, those numbers would be greater. And, you know, maybe they're, I mean, I mean, the guy, the guy's a winner too. You know, the other yeah. thing is that, um, you know, 11 years in the league, his first 10 seasons, not just all with the 49ers, but his first 10 seasons, he was in the playoffs. Um, because you asked me why he wasn't or why he isn't in the hall of fame. And we're just kind of projecting. Um, this is a sore subject with me, but I'll bring it up anyway. <laughs> and I don't think it's I don't think it's it's keeping him out of the Hall of Fame. But, you know, because we're going to present all sides here, um, you know, the fumble he had and uh, in, in the NFC championship game that uh, prevented the 49ers from an opportunity to, to go on for a three peat. Um, you know, there was a lot that happened on that play. Miss block, you know, the, the circumstance, bad luck. Um, and it all would have been, you know, we wouldn't even remember that if, you know, the New York Giants hadn't moved the ball swiftly down the mm-hmm. field and Matt Barr, you know, hits a whatever it was, 47 yard field goal as time expires. But I, if, 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 you know, voters, I, I just don't think that it's gotten to that level with voters. But, you know, unfortunately, sometimes when I do talk to 49ers fans, that's one of the things they they mention, the fumble. And 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 again, I just wanted to say this that it's a it's a sore point with me because you'd never want that to overshadow anything. I mean, it was the last time, you know, his last game with the 49ers. And, you know, 
if you mention that, you got also mention his his first Super Bowl with the 49ers when he scored three touchdowns. Yep. And, and uh, you know, against the Miami Dolphins. So anyway, I, I just felt like because you asked me that question, we have to get that out there. But I have a hard time believing, I'm not going to speak for other people, but I have a hard time believing that that is mm-hmm. the Yeah, there are some, you know, when we released the story a year ago, I had I had I had a, a number of fans say, well, there was the fumble. And I remember responding one to one and say and asking, um, does a pl- can a player make the Hall of Fame off of one play? If not, can he be kept out of the Hall of Fame on one play? It's to me, it's it's a silly, terrible argument. Um, he he also fumbled in Super Bowl twenty three, but uh, nobody thinks about that because the Forty ers won the game. So and Mark, I don't even remember that. To yeah, be honest with you. Yeah, it it was a big hit. I don't remember. I don't remember who hit him. Maybe may, may have been that David Fulcher guy because mm-hmm. that guy was a beast in that game, that safety for Cincinnati. But um, yeah, that's uh, that is an unfortunate thing. Is there? Is there anything that you uh, would add to the case for him? Because, you know, you mentioned where he ranks on the yards from scrimmage. If I'm not mistaken, he's ahead of some guys like Earl Campbell on that list. And he's also ahead of John Stallworth, who's in the Hall of Fame, when it comes to receptions and receiving yards. And that's a receiver that's in the Hall of Fame. If that receiver is in then why isn't the running back who who has better stats than him? Now Stallworth deserves to you know, deserves a, a four time Super Bowl champ, uh, but I, I guess that's where I run into problems with some of the those that just look at statistics is that it doesn't tell the full story. Well, and, and you're right; it doesn't tell the full story, and I think that that is, you know, I guess the statistics are the easy thing to look at and to compare um, because it's black and white. Mm -hmm. There's no arguing, there's no interpretation. And I think the problem with Roger is so much of what he brought to the table, not only for the 49ers, but just for how maybe the running back position was perceived and continues to be perceived nearly 40 years later, Mm -hmm. but also what teams started looking for in their running backs. You know, now, I mean, I don't even know if there was a third down back really before Roger Craig and Roger Craig wasn't just a third down back. He was a first down back. He was a second down back. He was a third down back. So I think that what what he did was he, he changed the game from that standpoint. And I Mm -hmm. think, you know, there, I think we just had a, a person go into the hall of fame, uh, this year, we'll be going in 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 August. Rondé Barber, who kind of changed the game too, from the sense that he kind of put Nickelback on the map. Hmm. And you know, before that, it wasn't really seen. It it, ju- it just was seen differently, because then you like, oh well, at Nickelback, you can do all these different things. And I guess that became more you know relevant too when, when teams started spreading it out a little bit and started going to more three wide receiver sets. But, I mean, I just think that everything you have to know about what Roger Craig did to revolutionize the game of football, especially at the NFL level, all you have to do is look at that 1,000,000 season. And then, you know, how many years went by 
before Marshall Falk got there. You know, right. and Marshall Falk had, you know, he, he had some some big time numbers and he easily went into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And then how many years after that did it take another guy to come along, Christian McCaffrey, and do the same thing that, that Roger Craig did in an era where, you know, th- there weren't the rules that favored or yeah. promoted offense. Great point. So, yeah. So I, I just think that uh, it, it takes it. it it, you know, it's it's a lazy argument, you know, that oh, he only ranks here in these NFL history statistics. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, Charles Haley, um, not Charles Haley, uh, Fred Dean before Charles Haley, mm-hmm. Fred Dean got into the Hall of Fame in large part because of how he changed the game. Mm-hmm. You know, he's situational pass rusher, mm-hmm. a guy who could just come in and be a closer. And, and so, you know, the, the pro football hall of fame is, you know, there, there's been guys throughout the years who have gotten in because they were outstanding football players, a and B they changed the course of the game. And those are three examples of guys that I can think of Fred Dean, Rondé Barber. I'm sure there's more. Um, you know, I'm sure there's slot receivers that aren't coming to my mind immediately, but I would, I would very clearly put Roger Craig in that mix of those guys who were winners, who, who had an impact in the game. Heck, Roger Craig was the, uh, 1988 offensive uh, AP offensive player of the year mm-hmm. so for a, for a stretch there. He was, I mean, he was the best running back in the game. And, and so, you know, you have guys, you know, you have, it's, it's kind of an interesting dichotomy of a guy like Frank Gore, who was so consistent for so long and put up huge numbers. And then you have uh, Roger Craig, who was consistent over a period of time too, not nearly as long as, as Frank Gore. I'm not sure there was ever a time where you could make the argument. Frank Gore is the best running back in the game right now. Um, but there definitely was a two, three, four year period where you could very easily make the argument that Roger Craig was the best running back in the game, period, and certainly the most versatile and probably the most valuable. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I did a I did a follow up story to this last year where I found quotes from uh, opposing coaches and opposing players. Uh, Talked to Mike Singletary. We got a statement from Harry Carson. But I remember two of the coaches, John Robinson and Dan Reeves, both saying at different points in the 80s, Roger Craig is the best back we have in the game right now. Hmm. So, and, and that was a time where Eric Dickerson was still playing. So I, I think that the, those are big statements. Yeah. And also, Mark, I mean, think about this. I mean, we were talking about how he innovated the game of football from an offensive standpoint. And by you just saying that it also kind of, you know, the, the light bulb goes above my head right now that he also changed defensive football mm-hmm. because now, you know, you used to have these big hulking linebackers with the big rhino rolls on their neck. You <laughs> couldn't have those anymore. I mean, because of a guy like Roger Craig, <laughs> you, you're, you see these linebackers like, like Fred Warner and uh, you know Bobby Wagner and uh, Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman, you know, Dre Greenlaw, 
you, you have these, these linebackers who have to be able to mm -hmm. run and they have to be able to cover or, you know, the next, you know, two generations down the line or whatever it might be, the next Roger Craig is going to eat those guys alive. <laughs> so he, he changed the game of football on both sides of the ball. Maybe that's why Matt Mellon came to the 49ers. So he didn't have to chase Roger Craig anymore. And could you blame him? That, that was a that's that's a perfect example uh, of what you said because Matt Millen was the type of linebacker that that was built for those guys like John Riggins and, and some of those bigger backs. And Roger Craig probably was a nightmare for somebody like Matt Millen to have to to try and cover. Uh, Matt, thanks so much for helping us make the case for Roger Craig. Uh, you did a great job, and uh, we we love uh, what you do. Thanks so much for uh, for being part of this. All right, Mark, my pleasure, and uh, thank you for for keeping the ball rolling and keeping the conversation uh, going about Roger Craig's candidacy.